Well, every blessing to you all. Welcome back to my open air pulpits. It's a beautiful October morning. Milder than usual for this time of the year. A little breezy, but it's dry. And so far, not a cloud in the sky, so praise the Lord for that. It's been two months since I was last at the open air pulpit. We've been very busy doing outreach work, uh, updating our Twitter channel. We are posting every day on Twitter, so please join us. If you haven't already we've also recommenced our monthly newsletter we've slimmed it down so if you want to receive our monthly newsletter it goes out the last day of every month uh, drop us your email address and we will add you of course to our mailing list please go to nehemiah chapter 4 nehemiah chapter 4 i've also been very busy working through the book of exodus this past sunday I was able, by the grace of God, to finish chapter 29. It's taken me 22 months to get to Exodus chapter 29. <laughs> I thought originally that it would take at least 18 months to 24 months to finish the book of Exodus. As of right now, we've got 11 weeks left in the year. There's no way I will finish 10 chapters in 11 weeks. I'm going to have to revise that and suggest that even if it goes into January next year, and I began it January 2017, where have the years gone, even if I was to uh, put January into the mix, even if I was to say this, that all of November, all of December and all of January combined three months, I think it's still unlikely that I will be able to finish Exodus. Uh, by the end of january not impossible but unlikely so i'm gonna to have to revise it and suggest it will probably be finished around february or march so please keep me in prayer it's been a great blessing to work through the book of exodus every sunday morning at 11 a.m and as always if you want to get a blessing please join us and you will do so nehemiah chapter 4 nehemiah chapter 4 is a good place to start uh, for my video this morning i want to call this biblophobia biblophobia christian cleansing ethnic cleansing as of right now in parts of china they have detention centers which have been activating for maybe two or three years for the most it has gone unnoticed by the world's media the world love their own of course but these detention centers all over china are detaining muslims not all Islamists, although I'm sure many are, but not all. And these Muslims are being detained against their own will, are being forced to accept socialism, communism, atheism, Darwinism. And the state in China is all powerful. Nobody dares question it. And it's somewhat ironic when I think of people in this country who believe they have freedom and think of themselves as very wise very educated and they look at parts of china and say to themselves how awful it must be uh, to be forced by the state to believe in a b and c x y and z and yet in this country if you question uh, the lgbt movement you are punished in fact i watched a documentary a couple of weeks ago a very interesting documentary about a top surgeon in uh, harley street in london a top consultant one of their best i am told and she had a man visit her from glasgow and he arrived at her private uh practice in london she's probably on a seven-figure salary 
I would imagine she was one of the best students in her class at university. It may have been Oxford or Cambridge, I don't know. And I watched this documentary. I'm always interested in documentaries, have been for a long time. And I saw this guy arrive at her surgery from Glasgow, like I say, and he is transitioning. That's the term they use. He wants to be a woman. And he walked into this woman's uh, practice, sat down, and the body language is always very interesting. And she came in and said, hi, it's nice to meet you, such and such. They got talking and he said this too. He said, well, I need your help. He said, I've got a problem. And she said, well, she said to him, what's the problem? And he said, well, the problem is I've got stubble coming through. I have to shave two or three times a day and I am transitioning to be a woman. And I watched this doctor's face, a very uh, difficult face to read. Uh, what do they call that? Poker face? Not that I would know, but she was very diplomatic, didn't say anything, although I watched her body language, it was interesting, but her face didn't really move. And I thought, here's a woman, top of her class, like I say, knows biology better than most people, and she knows the difference between a male chromosome and a female chromosome. And she would have loved to have probably have said, well, Mother Nature, she's probably not a Christian, Mother Nature has decided you would be born a man and therefore as a man you have to shave on a regular basis. But she wouldn't dare say that. She doesn't realise it, but she has also been forced to dance to the tune of the state. And I watched this two-way conversation and basically he had to uh, pay her money over a period of three or four months to laser away his uh, beard the uh, growth hormone that all men have uh, needing to shave once a day or twice a day and this man transitioning from a man to a woman doesn't want to have a beard any longer and I thought how interesting it is that she went to university she knows chemistry biology and uh, anthropology and all that stuff an expert in her field and yet she has been forced I may not even be aware of it, to accept a truth which isn't even based on reality. Fascinating, yet you've got people in China being forced to abandon their Islamic beliefs. Of course, Christians have been persecuted for decades in China. It has eased in recent years, praise the Lord for that. I follow a group of brothers online who preach not far from Beijing, and they're very brave Chinese brothers. I think they may be slightly reformed in their, in their theology, but nonetheless, they're on the streets preaching and praise the Lord for that. But the crackdown in China is intensifying and I think it's gonna to come to the UK. Nehemiah chapter four, Nehemiah chapter four, look at verse one. But it came to pass that when Sanballat heard that we builded the wall, he was wroth and took a great indignation and mocked the Jews. So the Jews in the Old Testament were in the wilderness. The church today is in the wilderness. We are a called out people. We are a peculiar people. We are a special people. We have to take a stand, not always popular. I know this woman, this surgeon, this uh, consultant in London isn't a Christian. On one episode she blasphemed and uh, when she blasphemed I turned it off obviously I don't care to watch blasphemy whether it's on television online or on the radio 
we can always turn the knob. We can always switch off the channel or with a click of a mouse, uh, delete or close what we are watching online. But I watch this woman entertaining this male client wanting to transition, unhappy that he was born a man and wants to be a woman, has to have expensive and painful surgery to eliminate his beard. Reminds me of a story that I read last week of people in this country wanting to reverse their sex changes. And I've been speaking out against this for two or three years, making the case from the pulpits and also elsewhere that it's imperative for Christians to not roll along with the transgender movements. And we were called bigots. We were called haters. We were called killjoys. We were told to be quiet. And now here we are, two or three years on, hundreds of people in the UK want to have it reversed. They've had a change of heart. And I guess we are still bigots, are we? I guess we are still God-haters. Although we don't hate God, we love God, of course. Those that are against us are God-haters, found over in Romans chapter 1. Are we still killjoys? Isn't interesting how things go. But here, 4-1 came to pass that when Sanballat heard that we built the wall, built the wall, it's interesting. If you think of walls, like in America, put the wall up, Trump said, and the Americans said, yes, we like that, put the wall up, get Mexico to pay for it. And who's paying for it? The Americans are paying for it. The Pope said it was all wrong to have a wall up, and yet you go to Vatican City, there's a wall around the Vatican. You go to London, there's a wall around Buckingham Palace. You go to Downing Street, there are gates outside of Downing Street. He was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews, made fun of the Jews. So it's my belief for maybe three or four decades at least, there's been this unofficial movement to try and ethnically cleanse Christians, gradually of course, you can't do it all at once. You get the kid at a young age, you put thoughts and minds, or you put thoughts into the minds of those children, you indoctrinate those children. Listen, it's happening in China. It's happening in China. And people in this country, for the most part, have got nothing to say against it. And that London consultant knows the difference between chromosome Y, chromosome X, and yet wouldn't dare, wouldn't dare say to that male patient, well, you were born a man, this is mother nature, you see. This is how society, or this is how mother nature expects it to be. We can't change our sexuality. And when people say they want to change their sexuality, everybody seems to bow down, accept it. And if you are a Christian in this country, and there was a Christian doctor in this country who was fired for questioning this gender realignment. And like I say, here we are a few years on, and people are wanting two of us their sex changes it's too late of course once you mutilate yourself you can't reverse it jump down to verse 4 hear O our god for we are despised and turn their approach upon their own head and give them for a prey in the land of captivity christians are despised in the uk and i've said this many times over the years that the muslims have a pressure group uh women have pressure groups Old people, elderly people have pressure groups. 
LGBT people have pressure groups. You wouldn't dare question any of those groups. You wouldn't dare. They're given special status, you see. But if a Christian speaks up, it could be a Christian doctor, and says it's wrong that a man should have a sex change, or a woman should have a sex change, or children should be allowed to mutilate themselves. When such a doctor speaks up, or a registrar refuses to marry two people of the same sex, they are fired. And the media take great delight in seeing Christians punished. And yet, if a Muslim group stand up, like in Birmingham at the moment, and say it's wrong for their children to be taught LGBT-friendly classes, in their classes, the media tiptoe around it, pick their words very carefully, when advocates for LGBT turn around and say, well, we're not so sure that we want to endorse liberalism, their peers also tiptoe around it. I saw one other thing a while ago. There's a movement in America, an LGBT, uh, LGBT movement in America, are now backing Trump, are no longer automatically backing the Democrats. And as, as a result of that, they are experiencing some pushback. But it's limited, you see, because people are scared. People are scared to speak up. Hear, O our God, Nehemiah speaking, for we are despised. Christ said, if they hate me, they will hate you. And turn their approach upon their own head and give them for a prey in the land of captivity. Jeremiah would say the same thing. Lord, punish them in reference to unbelieving hostile Jews. Lord, deal with them. Don't be gracious to them. Don't pardon their sins. Contrast that to Stephen in the book of Acts. Lord, forgive them. Contrast that to the Lord Jesus Christ's words on the cross. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And cover not their iniquity, verse 5, and let not their sin be blotted out from before thee. For they have provoked thee to anger before the builders. So Nehemiah and Ezra, two Jews, sent to put up a wall to give Jerusalem extra security, extra protection. That was the idea of the wall in America, get the wall up, parts of Texas, California, get the Mexicans out, all Catholics, of course. And the Americans said, yes, we like the idea of that, voted for Trump with the belief that Mexico would pay for the wall. And here we are, four years into his presidency, the wall is going up, but the Americans are paying for it. Cover not their iniquity, contrast that to what Stephen would say, and Jesus. This is one of the differences also between the Old and the New Testament. For the Old Testament, you've got a theocracy. You've got people like uh, Elijah calling fire down from heaven, consuming many people. And yet, when the sons of thunder wanted to call fire down from heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ had to rebuke them. And he said he wasn't sent to destroy men's lives, but to save men's lives. And you look at the Inquisition, or the Crusades, but especially the Inquisition, and how cruel and uh, sadistic the Papists were. Killing people, left, right, and center. This past Sunday in Vatican City, John Newman, an apostate British bishop who jumped ship, went over to Rome, became a cardinal, was made a saint 
Prince Charles was present, a British government minister was present, people lining up to see a dead man become a saint. Only God can and does make saints. Who ever heard of sinners making sinners saints? It is grotesque. If you go back to 1546, there was a woman called Anne Askew, a British poet, 25 years of age, and she was of the belief, as I am, that the bread of the Lord, bread of Christ, or the communion, the uh, breaking of bread, which we do every Sunday at our ministry, is just that. It's bread. It's bread when you put it on the table. It's bread when you eat it. It's bread when you digest it. And she said this, that I have read that God made man, but that man can make God, I have never read. Close quote. And that's a great statement. That's a tremendous statement. She was tortured to death by a Catholic bishop back in 1546. To this day, there's been no apology for that woman's murder. She will never be made a saint in the, in the uh, eyes of Rome, but of course she's a saint in the eyes of the Lord. Verse 6, so built we the wall. We built the wall to give Jerusalem extra security. Paul says over in Ephesians that Christ has knocked down the middle wall of partition. So built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof. For the people had a mind to work, do the work of the Lord. Get the gospel out. Raise your voice. Be a watchman. Nehemiah was a watchman. Ezra was a watchman. Ezekiel chapter 3. Ezekiel chapter 33. And also Acts uh, chapter 20. Speak about being a watchman. One of the hardest things for Christians to do is to open their mouths and speak the truth. And when they do open their mouths and speak the truth, whether they are doctors or registrars or professional people they are persecuted there's a form of ethnic cleansing going on in this country i'm convinced of it not officially like i say even the government have to be careful how this plan of theirs goes about so they have to be discreet it's bibliophobia now if you criticize islam you are called islamic or islamophobia islamphobia you are accused of having a phobia. If you criticise Europe, if you are pro-Britain, for example, you are called a xenophobe. Xenophobe, Islamphobe, Islamophobe, Islamophobia, xenophobe, xenophobia, all these terms made up, for the most part, by unsaved people. Of course, phobia means an, an, uh, an irrational fear. Is it irrational to have a fear of a European, of a European superstate? Is that irrational? Is it irrational to have a fear of Islam growing? Sharia law growing? Is that irrational? Is it irrational for heterosexuals to be concerned that homosexuals are wanting more and more access to children to indoctrinate them? Is that irrational? People had a mind to work. The body of Christ should have a mind to work. If you are saved, you should be working for the Lord. Be a doer of 
the word. Be a doer of the Lord. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? If you are saved, speak up. Will you pay for it? Yes, you probably will. In China, like I say, Christians are being, are being detained and have been detained since pretty much 1949. When the communists arrived, it's got better, like I say, in recent years, but now they are turning their attention to the Muslims. Not all Islamists, incidentally. And just for the record, I have no problem with people wanting to believe what they want to believe, whether it's Islamic, Catholicism, Judaism, I have no problem with that. Uh, but when those groups blaspheme the Lord Jesus Christ, attack what I hold to be sacred, I have a right to respond. But look at verse 7. But it came to pass that when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites and the Astoites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up and that the breaches began to be stopped, then they were very wroth and conspired all of them together to come and to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. Let's all team up. Let's come together. Let's put pressure against Christians to cease from preaching the gospel. Over a period of time, groups have amalgamated. It's always easier if you come together and work as a team than if you just stand alone and try and pick off enemies of the Lord. But you've got Arabians here, verse 7. Muhammad's descendants. Arabians, angry, they conspire together. Verse 8. On top of that, to fight against Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the eternal state, incidentally, not Rome. And to hinder it. Hinder the work, stop the work. Stop Nehemiah, stop Ezra. Stop the wall going up, stop Jerusalem being safe for the day. Stop the church preaching the gospel. Try and muzzle, try and censor Christians. Threaten Christians with arrest for preaching the gospel, speaking the truth. Not much has changed, has it? Verse 9, Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto our God, and set a watch against them day and night because of them. So Nehemiah and Ezra come together, protect one another, protect their friends, their people, to stop the Gentiles frauding, the work of the wall. Christians should be coming together, born again Christians. King James, of course, once saved, always saved. Premillennial, pre-tribulational, non-lordship salvation, non-Calvinist especially. Christians that fit that criteria should be coming together, standing together, to push back this Gentile onslaught. Whether it's from the atheist wing, the homosexual wing, the Islamic wing, or apostate Christianity. All of these groups are coming together to undermine the Word of God, undermine Christianity. They want to cleanse Christians. They are bibliophobes, and they really are. They have an irrational fear of the Bible, of Christians, and yet they have the state on their side, like in China. The state in China is very powerful, there's no democracy in China. They can detain 
100,000, 200,000, 300,000, 400,000. It'll come to the UK one day. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto our God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. So those verses from Nehemiah chapter 4, I think go some way to make the point, explain my concern because what takes place in the Old Testament will take place in the New Testament. What the Jews experienced back in biblical times, Christians are experiencing today. If we are friends with the world, something is wrong. If we stand for the Lord, if we preach the gospel, we will experience pushback, persecution, and perhaps detention, arrests. We'll be forced to dance to the tune of the state. Look at verse 23. So neither I, nor my brethren, nor my servants, nor the men of the guard which followed me, none of us put off our clothes, saving that everyone put them off for washing. In other words, they would work day and night to build the wall. We must work day and night while it is still light to get the gospel out, ignore the state, ignore the devil, ignore self, our old natures. People are perishing. It's important that for those of us which are saved, we keep on going. It could be through tracks. It could be through videos such as this. It could be through Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. It could be going door to door, preaching the gospel, sharing the gospel. Nehemiah and co worked so closely together that they didn't even sleep. It was imperative to get the wall up, a physical wall. Today it's a spiritual wall. Like I say, the Lord Jesus Christ has knocked down the middle wall of partition. He's drawn all men unto him. He's paid such an enormous price to redeem mankind that the least we can do, those of us which are saved, is come together and stand for something. Go back to what took place in Rome a few days ago. John Newman, an apostate bishop, was part of the Oxford movement, was friends with Westcott and Hort, did the damage, basically destroyed people's faith in the King James Bible, went over to Rome, and now he's a saint, they can pray to him. No Protestants, as far as I know, were in Rome this past weekend, speaking out against that. Another sign of the deepening level of apostasy. 8.13 also builds on this. It all goes back to authority. Where do you get your authority from? That's what they would ask John the Baptist. And Jesus Christ was asked, where do you get your authority from? It's interesting when John was asked that in the Gospel of John, didn't answer the question, didn't answer it. 8.13, if you know the Lord, you know you have authority from heaven. You don't need to answer that sort of a question from apostates, hostile people. 8.13, and on the second day were gathered together the chief of the fathers of all the people, the priests and the Levites, unto Ezra the scribe, even to understand the words of the law. If you love me, keep my words had the Jews pre the time of Nehemiah pre the time of Ezra had the Jews believed the words of the law and the words of the Lord had they obeyed the words of the law and the words of the Lord there would have been no need for anyone anywhere to 
surrender to this Gentile movement, to cleanse the Jews. That's what the Jews have been up against for thousands of years. Ethnically cleanse them and do the same today for Christians. If you are anti-Jewish, you are called an anti-Semite. If you are anti-Christian, there's no term that society likes to use. They can blaspheme the Lord Jesus Christ. They can blaspheme God. They can ridicule the book. Nobody cares about that. Nine two, and the seed of Israel separated themselves from all the strangers and stood and confessed their sins and iniquity of their fathers. That's what Matthew 3 was all about. The Jews came to see John the Baptist, confessed their sins. Also found over in Luke uh, chapter 4 from memory. What must we do? Do this, he would say, do that. Don't punish people or don't expect too much from people. Public confession. Now today, you couldn't imagine that taking place, could you? Could you imagine Protestants, leaders, confessing, for example, their sins of treachery, holding hands with Rome, holding hands with Darwinists, atheists, LGBT. Maybe five or six years ago, the Bishop of Manchester publicly apologized to the homosexual community for his church's attitude towards them. You wouldn't dare apologize to Protestants for his church's treachery, yoking up with Rome. Just two weeks ago, the High Commissioner in New Zealand went to honour Captain Cook. And it's been, I think, what, 250 years or thereabouts since he arrived in New Zealand. She was in tears, apologising for the behaviour of Captain Cook. Indigenous people were murdered, apparently. Weeping over that. Doesn't weep over Britain's murder of what, six and a half million babies since 1969? Are people strange? And the seed of Israel separated themselves from all strangers. Christians separate yourselves from non-Christians. Second Corinthians chapter six tells you to do that. And stood and confessed their sins. James says you are to confess your faults one to another. First John says you are to, you are to confess your sins to the Lord and the iniquity of their fathers, like marrying out of their communities, watering down Judaism, today watering down Christianity, Christian leaders, so-called, ashamed to be Christian, so quick and keen to elevate other people, promote minority groups at the cost of their own groups. 9.3 And they stood up in their place and read in the book of the law of the Lord their God. One fourth, one fourth part of the day, one fourth part of the day, and another fourth part they confessed and worshipped the Lord their God. Public reading of the word of God, like from the open air pulpit. It took all day to read it. And as they are reading publicly, which you can't imagine today, can you? They are worshipping the Lord their God. 
you can see, can't you, what the Old Testament Jews had to go through to get back to God. And what the Old Testament Jews had to go through to get back to God is what the church has to go through to get back to God. We've been dispersed, we've been punished. We are now trying to rebuild our wall. We are having to reread the Word of God to see where we have gone wrong, having to confess our sins of apostasy. And in the Old Testament, like I say, it was yoking up with Gentiles, marrying non-Jews, losing Jewish identity, forsaking the Sabbath, eating what they wanted to eat, worshipping whoever they wanted to worship. And for the church today, it's the same sort of a thing. The church in this country is on its knees, as far as I'm concerned. And the church in this country is being ethnically cleansed. I believe that. I don't think it's an overstatement. I believe that to be so. And church leaders, to their shame, I use the term church loosely, and leaders loosely, but leaders in this country who represent the state church or evangelical churches for the most part are silent. Totally silent, nothing to say, and indirectly they are helping to ethnically cleanse. Christians, they are helping to promote bibliophobia, push Christians down, silence Christians, but we will be victorious one day. The Lord Jesus Christ would say, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. He's overcome the world for us, and if we are born again, we are safe in him, and he is in us, and one day we will have the last laugh. But for now, it's going to get rough, it's going to get bumpy, and if you are born again and living in Britain, keep on going. Don't allow this group or that group, this movement or that movement to get the better of you. Keep on pushing on and the Lord will get you from A to B. And I'll give you one more from Ecclesiastes, which will hopefully tie all of these verses up together. And uh, by the grace of God, I was able to finish recording Ecclesiastes. It took me 10 days and hopefully I will have it online by the weekend. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, look at verse 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. Had the Jews back in the Old Testament believed that, they would not have gone into captivity. Had Christians throughout the history of the church believed that, there wouldn't have been apostasy. There wouldn't have been the need for the Lord due to his permissive will to allow enemies of the Lord, enemies of the church, to rise up and punish Christians. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Verse 14, for God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. So like I say, had Nehemiah and uh, Ezra's generation stayed faithful, there wouldn't have been a need to go into captivity. Nebuchadnezzar and co. wouldn't have been able to get their hands on the Jews. Had Christians pre and post the current apostasy stayed faithful, to the Lord. There wouldn't have been a need for apostate Bibles to be allowed to surface, confuse people, and the body of Christ would have been victorious. That's one of the reasons why the Jews to this day are still subservient to the Gentiles. 
because of their sin. They're not worshipping Jehovah like they should do, and Christians are not worshipping Christ like they should do. And as a result, these groups, which I've mentioned over the past 30 minutes or so, are able to continue to grow, rise up and suppress Christians, keep Christians down, suffocate Christians. And as a result of that, you get the governments that you deserve. One final time. Let us hear, let us hear, let us hear, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, believe in God, appropriate the atonement and keep his commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments, not to get saved, but because you are saved. For this is the whole duty of man, mankind, saved of course. If you're unsaved, you don't know the Lord, but if you are saved, you know him. For God, triune God, shall bring every work into judgments. For the saved, judgment seats. For the unsaved, great white throne judgment. With every secret thing, whether it be good, judgment seat for the saved. Or whether it be evil, for the lost at the great white throne judgment. So, don't lose hope. Keep on going. Enjoy the a battle be a good soldier of the lord jesus christ and uh, yes things will get worse before they get better uh, and as they continue to deteriorate keep looking up for the scripture says our redemption draweth nigh although that verse is in reference to tribulation saints we can use it for church age saints as well and on that statement i will sign out and wish you every blessing Peace and joy in the wonderful name of our God and Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and